0: So today, before we come into the Word, why don't we just open our hands? Why don't we just position ourselves? Let's just ask the Lord to speak to us today. That we wouldn't hear the words of a man, that we'd hear the words of Jesus. That we would take the living bread today. That we need our daily bread from the Lord and that we would leave different to how we came. Father, we come to You today as the family of God, hungry to receive Your Word. We come to You today, Lord, asking that You would speak to us. We come today asking, Lord, that we would encounter not a guest speaker, but Jesus. We ask, Lord, that You would give us what we need for this week. I pray it would be a significant day in Your house as we receive from You, Lord God. We thank You in the mighty Name of Jesus. Come on, and a faith-filled people said, Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Hey, thank you so much. Was it Chloe? Chloe? You're a great keyboard player, Chloe. Chloe? Sensitive to the Holy Spirit, the only musician besides the drummer who gets to sit down when they play? It's awesome. Thank you, Chloe. You can sit down. Let's thank Chloe. It was beautiful. Okay. (laughs) Let's get straight into the Word today. Let's go to Acts chapter 6, verses 2 to 10. And uh, before we do that, can we just honour and thank your amazing senior pastors today, Pastor Mark and Michelle. (laughs) Love you guys. Grateful for you. It's an honour to speak today. Acts chapter 6, verses 2 to 10. Let's read this together. Bit of an obscure passage, but I feel like the Lord's going to speak to us from it today. It says this, so that the context of what uh, we're going to read is the early church is beginning to really experience revival It's growing, there's people getting saved, there's all the things that we pray for and would wanna see uh, in our own churches and our lives happening. And the demand on the apostles uh, is becoming greater and greater because of the need, right? There's all these people getting saved, There's all of these people that need to be fed. And there's this demand that's being placed on them. And they're trying to figure out how do we lead through this? What kind of people do we need around us to do this? And the Lord provides a solution. We're going to read this now, Acts chapter 6, verses 2 to 10. It says this, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, "...it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables." Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and and we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. This proposal pleased the whole group. So they chose Stephen. And I want you to listen to this description of who Stephen was. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 goes on, it says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great signs and wonders among the people. Lord, we just ask that you would anoint this Scripture, that you would speak to to us through it now, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Have you been on an overseas holiday before or travelled somewhere on a plane? Remember when we used to do that? Just, just think back. I remember uh, we went on a family holiday to Europe when we were, like, younger. It was like one of our big kind of family holiday before the family all got split off and got married and started having kids. It was like mum and dad's last big hurrah uh, with us. So we went on this big family holiday to Europe. And uh, if you've ever travelled with a family, you know it's expensive, right? It costs money. So we weren't going on any, like, bougie, upper-class airlines. We are going on, like, the dodgy, you know, I'm talking about the dodgy airlines, like... Scoot. What was the other one we were on? I can't remember. Scoot. I mean, the, it, it just sounds like I was going to fall out the air with a name like that. Uh, Tiger. Like, we're doing all of that. Like, all of these. And so we're over uh, in Europe and we've been flying on all of these, like, cruddy airlines. And I tell you, you never have as much faith than when you're getting on a rickety plane. You're like, Lord God, just protect me. And uh, I remember we were on this, this flight and we're flying all, all these kind of cheap, dodgy airfares. And, and one thing we found in Europe, they don't allocate the seats. So it's literally just a free-for-all on the cheap flight. It's just they open it and you just run. And it's, it's, it's quite funny if you're competitive and you don't, you know, mind a bit of a tussle. But we were kind of getting sick of it and Dad said, guys, I'm, gonna, I'm really just <laughs> going to bless the family today we're gonna get a $15 upgrade on these seats and we're gonna get something called speedy boarding. And basically what speedy boarding does is it doesn't assign you a seat, it just gets you to the front of the line, okay? And so we were, and and they didn't even have like, uh, what do they call it, like the aero bridges where you get onto the plane. So you're on the terminal, you get onto a bus and then you get bussed out to the plane because the airline's so cheap they can't even afford gate at the terminal so we get on this bus and 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 we're standing there we get to the front of the bus and uh and we're standing there are you you guys are speedy boarding and we're like yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) yeah, we're speedy boarding and uh and they're like okay just come to the front of the bus here and then so there's me and my family at the front of the bus and this air hostess comes and she pulls a sash between us and everyone else on the bus So there's like four of us at the front of the bus and like a 100 people jammed behind this sash. And they're all looking at us with utter hatred in their eyes, like, like, who are these people? Who are these jerks? Like these speedy boarding people. And so they're looking at us and it's so awkward. We're just like, we don't know where to look. We're just going to kind of stand over here. And uh, and there's this sash just separating us. And this one guy, he locks eyes with me and he starts stirring me up. He starts coming near the stash and he's like, ooh. (laughs) Ooh. And I was like, we were just laughing and and paying it out. And then we got on the plane, had a free-for-all. I think we got in the first three rows and it was still just as scary the entire way. Uh, I was kind of thinking about this, this thought of a sash separating people. And I think sometimes we have this same mentality in the church and in the kingdom of God. Like there's a sash between the spiritual people, the ones who really know God, the ones who are really anointed, the ones who have pastor in front of their name, who've been to Bible college, and then there's the rest of us, right? And and it's actually not true. In the kingdom of God, there is no sashes. In the kingdom of God, there is no distinction in God's heart between someone who is anointed and someone who is not, because biblically speaking, when you got saved, God's anointing came upon your life. It came upon your life. And, and, and the reason I want to talk about this today is because when we think about this story, often we read it like this. The apostles had better things to do than wait on tables. So they palmed it off to someone else. This is exactly the opposite of what the scripture is actually saying. Because what they say is they say, we need to find someone to wait on tables who is anointed, who is full of the Holy Spirit, because anointing is as important and as required for that job as it is for the job of being an apostle. In other words, the point that the Scripture is trying to make is not that there are some highly anointed ones, some average anointed ones and rank yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. The opposite is true. The point the Scripture is trying to make here is that everyone is anointed and that we should take our responsibility to carry the anointing of God everywhere we are seriously. Seriously. I think sometimes we can develop a mentality in church that goes, you know, like Pastor Mark, Pastor Michelle, they'll handle the spiritual stuff and we'll handle the rest. They're the spiritual people and we're the the normal people. No, 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 no. I want to tell you today, you are definitely not normal. (laughs) But you are the spiritual one called to do spiritual things, anointed by the power and the Holy Spirit of God, called and appointed for a purpose and for such a time as this. And as the moment we realise that, we start living differently. We can think evangelism is for anointed people. Healing is for anointed people. Spiritual gifts, they're for the anointed people. Powerful prayer life, that's for the anointed people. And do you know why I think we believe that? It's because it's easier to believe there are anointed people and there are ordinary people because if I believe there are anointed people and ordinary people, that gives me an excuse to live an ordinary life. I just write off God doing anything in my life because I'm not a special person. I'm not one of the anointed ones. But can I tell you today, the book of Acts only has one category of Christian and that is Anointed Christians. Stephen, only verses later, actually got stoned to death because of the spiritual threat that he was to the kingdom of darkness. Would you ever think that someone who waited tables was such a threat to the enemy that he ended up getting stoned. God knew, the devil knew, everyone knew that Stephen, the waiter, was a threat to hell because he was anointed with the power of God to live his life. (laughs) The enemy said, man, I need to take that guy out. If that's what God can do with a waiter, what can he do with you? What can he do with a checkout chick? What can he do? Come on with your university degree. What can he do as a fast food worker? What can you do as a business owner? What can he do with you as a mom or as a dad? The truth is today, the way you talk to people, the way you pray, the way you love people, the way you serve people, the devil should be freaked out because he freaks out when we start understanding who we are in God. And who you are in God is anointed and appointed for such a time as this. The truth is we're all anointed, but we're not all living anointed. That's the truth. But I want to tell you today that anyone can choose to live anointed. I'm going to say that again. Anyone can choose to live anointed. I wrote this incredible book, uh, a couple of years ago, it was just a, a book filled with great revival stories, and there was a quote in there by Bill Johnson that just really stuck out to me. I'm just going to read it to you right now, and, and he's talking about great men and women of God, revivals in the past, and this is, this is what he says about people who've been used greatly by God. This is what he says. Here is the remarkable truth about each of these individuals. Not one of them was unusually gifted for such a task. Their gift was God himself. All of our heroes of the faith were pretty normal people, but that changed when the touch of God on them transformed everything. See, ordinary people anointed by an extraordinary God can do extraordinary things. So the key is, is not to work yourself up into becoming an extraordinary person. It's to get a bigger revelation of the fact that you have an extraordinary anointing on your life given to you by Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit to make a difference in this world. If I got, if I got someone up here today, if I, got, if I got my friend Matt up here today and just, we've got a kiddie pull out here I mean, like an old school anointing. Now, I'm not talking about like clean 21st century anointing, like a little cross on your head. I'm talking about old school Bible, let's get a horn, let's just cover him in oil head to toe, right? There's a few things that would happen. A, he would be very wet. He would be dripping from head to toe. This is the reality for every Christian, is that you have been covered in the oil of the Holy Spirit. You have been clothed with power by Jesus Himself. The New Testament, it calls Jesus the anointed one. So when you were saved and He came and made His home in you, if He is anointed by God to change the world and see God move in His everyday world, then so are you. I'm here to tell you today, if He is the anointed one, so are you because He is in you. I want you to say this out loud today. I am anointed. I am anointed. One more time. I am, I am anointed. I am anointed. The title of my message today is simply a declaration, but I want you to speak over your life. A revelation that I want you to get and I want you to understand and I want to sink into your reality every single day of your life as you do that, which God has called you to do. These words, I am. Am anointed. How do I know I can do this? Not because I'm extraordinary, but because I am anointed. I'm anointed by God. And not because I'm special, but because greater is He that is in me than he who is in the world. I have a special God who can do great things in my life. There's three declarations that that I believe we ought to speak over our lives when it comes to understanding how God has anointed every one of us to live in this world. Can I tell them to you today? Number one is this, I am anointed, I take the oil with me. I am anointed, I take the oil with me. If I'm dripping in oil, if I've had oil poured all over me, then wherever I go, the oil goes with me. I can't separate myself from the anointing that God's placed on my life because it's something I carry it's something that is on me and I want to tell you today the same is true for you and if I knew that I was covered in oil I would be aware of that oil everywhere I went let's read this together 1 John 227 1 John 227 the anointing that you received abides in you the anointing remains It doesn't come off and on. If I am anointed, there is no longer one part of my life that's spiritual and one part of my life that is natural. No, every part of my life is now spiritual because the anointing of God abides. What does that mean? When I go to uni, right, there is an anointing on me to see God do great things there. When I run my business, it's not just an ordinary business. The anointing of God is present with me as I run my business. If I'm a mum or a dad and I'm trying to figure out how to raise these kids, you don't have to do that in your own strength. You have been anointed and appointed to raise those children in the ways of the Lord. And wherever you are, you've got to know the Oil goes with you. It goes with you. (laughs) I'm not just looking for God on Sunday. I'm looking for Him on Monday. He's with me everywhere I go. See, Stephen's definition of ministry was not what happened on Sunday. It was what happened on Monday. He wasn't waiting for a platform. Those tables that he waited were his platform. He wasn't waiting for a microphone. His life was a microphone. He wasn't waiting for a position because he had a commission from God and God anointed him and used him. Every Christian is in full-time ministry. Every one of us. It's bad language, I think, to say, well, you're in full-time ministry and you're in part-time ministry and you're not even in ministry because you work. No, 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 no. If you're saved, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you have the Great Commission, you are in full-time ministry and the oil goes with you wherever you go. I'm anointed for today. God wants to do something at work today. God, what do you wanna do in my colleagues today? God, what do you wanna do at university today? God, what do you wanna do at my school today? What do you wanna do in my family today? What do you wanna do in my business today? Why? Because it's ministry and the anointing oil of God goes with me. (laughs) The oil going with me means I don't live for Sunday. I live from Sunday. A lot of Christians that live for Sunday. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for Sunday to come. Get me away from these feral people. Get me back to the sweet sanctuary of God and away from all these sinners. That's a bad mentality. Now we ought to come and we ought to value the house of God. We should be here every Sunday with hands raised high, getting under the fountain of God, receiving from who He is. But we don't live for Sunday. We live from Sunday to Monday, to Tuesday, to Wednesday, realising we are anointed for such a time as this. It's not, I can't wait to get to church and get out of the world. It's, I can't wait to get out of church and get into the world and bring the anointing that God's placed on my life to the people that need it the most. Can I tell you, this may be controversial. Sorry, Pastor Mark, it might be controversial, I don't know. We're not anointed for Sunday. We're anointed for Monday. God isn't like, I will bestow my anointing on thee for two hours a week and then I shall remove it from thee, because he says thee. Uh, No, 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 no. You're anointed every single day of the week. We don't live for Sunday, we live from it. And everywhere you go, the oil goes with you. And all God wants to do is wake up your awareness. But there's an anointing on me for God to move through me in my life. The oil goes with me. Number two, I am anointed I leave a mark on everyone. If you're covered in oil from head to toe, and I I hug you, you're gonna get covered in oil too. If there's oil on me and we come into contact, I'm, I'm gonna leave a mark on you. Like whether you want it or not, if I'm dripping in oil, and we come in for one of these ones, you're getting covered, you're getting marked, because that's what oil does, oil leaves a mark. I love this description in Acts 17, verse 16, of the early church, I, lo- I love reading the way the early church was described, because it always brings me back to what, what church should be today, it keeps our priorities in the right place. I love this, so I say, these men, who have turned the world upside down, Have come here also. There was an understanding that wherever disciples went, people got marked. The wherever disciples were present, those cities changed. Wherever disciples were present, those businesses changed. Why? Because oil leaves a mark. You are called not just to exist in your workplace and exist in your school, and exist at your university. God has positioned you there to leave a mark, come on, for the kingdom of God there. The oil goes with you and it leaves a mark. It's a mark of faith. It's a mark of love. It's a mark of hope, of encouragement. It's a mark of the very presence of God. Our lives should be marked, not by my presence as a person, but by the presence of God that goes with me. How how does that happen? It happens when we become aware of what we already have, the anointing and the presence of God. And we open our awareness to go, God, I don't just want to exist here. I want you to do something through me here. And it doesn't have to be spooky. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to go cross-eyed to give someone a prophecy. You don't even have to tell them it's a prophecy. Well, a lot of the times I don't tell people, I'm going to prophesy over you now. <laughs> because you know what? If it's of God, people just know. When you're at work and and something, I I really need to say this to that person today. You don't have to go, let's sit down and have a prayer meeting. Let's put some Hillsong on. Chloe, can you come up and play the keys behind me for a minute? No, it's, no. Respond to that which God has placed on your heart and let the anointing flow. Come on. And if we do that, church, we're going to see people saved, delivered, encouraged, and encounter Jesus, not just within the four walls of a church, but in our world. Because oil, it leaves a mark. That's what you're called to do. Hmm. Number three, and this is my favourite one. I am anointed, but I need more oil. I need more oil. Chloe, you can actually come now, now that I've joked around. I am anointed, but I need more oil. I need more oil. You know, if you're covered in oil <laughs> and it's all over you and you, you hug enough people, what's going to happen? You lose it. The, the oil starts coming off because you've been pouring it out, you've been been transferring what's on you to others. So the heart posture of a believer and of a Christian is not just I'm anointed, it's I'm anointed, but I will always be hungry for more. i tell you today, Something that shocks me about Jesus' ministry when I watch it is, is we always look at, you know, He was here and this person got healed and, and, and this person got set free and this person got delivered. And I, I always think that person can't have been the only sick person in that crowd. That person can't have been the only person that needed forgiveness there. That person can't have only... So, so what, what's the difference? Well, we don't have the answers for everything. Of course we don't. But there's one thing I've noticed about Jesus He isn't moved by need, He's moved by hunger. He's moved by hunger. Everyone in those crowds needed Him, right? But what moved Jesus' heart wasn't just the need, it was the hunger of the people who said, I don't just have a need, I have a hunger for more of you more of you, see the irony is, is if I never use the oil that I was given, I'll never need more oil. If I get a new car and I drive it out the car yard, I don't drive it to the mechanic and say, "Can I have some more oil, please?" They'd be like, uh, "How about you use the car first? Where does God release His oil? He releases it on those that are already using it, that are pouring it out. What's the the secret to a life of receiving more oil from God? It isn't sitting in church and getting more spiritually full and fuller and fuller and fuller. Church was never meant to be a spiritual buffet where you just eat every week and get bigger and bigger, but it never comes out anywhere in your life. No, 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 no. When we pour out that which we have been given, God releases more of His oil. (laughs) More of His oil. God will give you more oil when you start using the oil He's already given you. The saddest thing in the life of a believer is unused oil. It's oil that's sitting there waiting to be poured out but because of our faulty belief systems about anointing and sashes and spiritual and unspiritual people, oil that the world desperately needs gets locked up on the inside of us and never poured out. But I feel prophetically today, the Lord wants to say, it's time to pour out the oil that I've placed in you. You are anointed for such a time as this. It's a beautiful story in Two Kings. I love that. Two Kings. Chapter four, verses two to five. You remember this story? The widow on the oil. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, "'Go around and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. "'Don't ask just for a few. "'Then go inside and shut the door behind you "'and your sons pour into all the jars "'and as each is filled, put it to a side.' "'She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. "'They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring "'when all the jars were full. She said to her son, bring me another one. he replied, there is no jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. How do you keep the oil flowing in your life? You gotta know how God makes oil. God only makes oil one way and that's by pouring. By pouring. When you pour out that which He has given you, you take a risk on encouraging someone. You ask for God to use you where you are. God will supply the oil necessary to do that which He has called you to do. I haven't been able to shake this this Scripture all week. Psalm 92 verse 10. If you're taking notes, please write this down. I feel like this Scripture is is for someone or, or many people here today. Psalm 92 verse 10, it says this, you have Exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. Fresh oil. Not the oil you got 20 years ago, fresh oil. Not the oil you had at some youth camp when you were 16, fresh oil. Come on, I feel, come on, we're entering a season, church. It's a season of fresh oil. God wants to do a new thing. He's pouring out His oil. And there is fresh oil for you today as you hunger for it and receive the anointing that God has for you. It abides, it remains, it's not going anywhere, but there is always more of God. So how can there be more of God? Well, there's a lot of Him. And He responds to those whose heart just says, God, give me that fresh oil. So here's what I'm believing for today, church. I just sense the presence of God here so beautifully today. There is fresh oil, mum and dad, for your family. There is fresh oil, business owner, for your business. There is fresh oil, student, come on, for your school and for your university. There is fresh oil for your workplace. And all we gotta do to receive it is just go, God, here I am. I want it today. Give me, not the old stuff. Give me the fresh stuff. Give me fresh oil today. I know I'm anointed, but I need more oil because where your oil is, there's freedom. Where your oil is, there's a flow. Where your oil is, there is miracles. Where your oil is, there is breakthrough. Where your oil... church I'm just here to ask you today it's a pretty simple message. it's really do you want the fresh oil are we a church just like come on let's have that fresh oil today God I know I'm anointed but I want the fresh oil for that which you've called me to do there's oil for healing today in people's bodies there's oil today for your healing in your mind there's oil today to break you free from addictions there's oil today for provision there's oil so let's let the oil flow Come on, church, why don't we just stand all across this place together for a moment. And before we open up the altar, can we just worship together? I want us to worship from a place of hunger. I want us to worship from a place that says, Lord, here we are. We're ready for your fresh oil. God, we need more of you. Come and cover us with your presence. Come and cover us with your capacity. In the mighty Name of Jesus in the mighty neighbor Jesus. Come on team, why don't you lead us in worship for a moment? Let's sing. Yeah. Let's see. the longing of your heart. Just grow towards the Lord right now. Center your attention, center your focus on Him. right now. Pastors, leaders, elders, if we could just come. If you want to receive just fresh oil in any area of your life today, why don't you come to the altar as the team leads us in worship. I'm not going to believe today, but the Lord's going to pour out His Holy Spirit. We're hungry for more of Him today. Let's come and receive from Him today. There's fresh oil here today. If you're not sure of what you carry, come and just receive from the Lord today. sing. Let's
1: sing. Let's sing. I do your know. I decide
2: Yes, Lord.
1: My desire is
2: to to know you. you from today, anointed from the church, ready for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And while you're driving to work on Monday, just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me today, just to bring a word of encouragement to someone. Anoint my ears to hear. Anoint my eyes to see needs around me. Say after me, I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit. I am called to minister. Look at the person on your left and say, you're a minister. You're a minister. We meet needs. That's what we do. We meet needs. Amen. Pastor Sam, come up here. We all had prayer. Can we put our hands together for Pastor Sam this morning? and his ministry. Love you buddy, love your word, love your heart. And uh, can I encourage you church, one thing we are called, and that's to be generous. When you leave here today, just if you wanna just pick up a little envelope on the desk here, if you wanna plant a seed into Sam and Hannah's life, just bless them as a family. I'm a big believer in that, just honouring, honouring the Word and honouring the person and just saying, I want to bless them. And so you can do that, put that in the little tithe box just outside near the F post machine and if you bless them, just put Pastor Sam, that's all you can do is write that across there. Love you mate, have a great, great weekend and a great remainder of this week. Put your hands together once more, Pastor Sam. God bless your life family.